And welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast, where today we have a three-person pod, and we'll be discussing three all-NBA teams, first, second, and third. And Ethan, are you ready to discuss this? I am. I'm ready to discuss all-NBA. But Richard, don't forget, there was a big trade in the NBA. We got to talk about uh, Melo being free. Okay. You're a big Knicks fan. Um, What do you think about losing your team's best player? Well, uh, first of all, I'm glad to be uh, on the pod. You know, I've been a Knicks fan for about the last uh, 10 seconds where Ethan just said I was a Knicks fan. (laughs) But for those of you who haven't found out, I know a lot of things have been going on in sports recently. Right now, we call it Mellow is Free. The Knicks traded Enos Cantor. Sorry, the Thunder traded Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, and a second-round pick, 2018, to get Carmelo Anthony. I'm sorry, Sam Presti... I feel like this is some type of Star Wars movie right now where he stared at the Knicks and he was like, I'll give you Enos Cantor. The Knicks kept saying no. They're like, we'll give you Doug McDermott. They're like, we'll take it. Just throw in a second rounder. He's like, okay, that's fine. And now you have, you've turned Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, Sabonis, and Victor Oladipo to Paul George and Carmelo Anthony. So Richard, what are your takes as far as Sam Presti moves and as far as maybe some team dynamics and what are both sides thinking? Well, so, so you mentioned that basically it's, you know, they get Paul George and Carmel Anthony for Enos Cantor, Doug McDermott, second round pick, and then Sabonis and, um, uh, and Oladipo. But really, if you go back um, a few years and, and look at this, they traded, in order to get Enos Cantor, they traded... Perkins, a guy named Grant Jarrett, who has eight career games and averaged two points per game. Some guy named Tibor Pleiss, who for the Utah Jazz had 12 career games, also averaged two points per game. Ibaka and a 2018 first round pick. And so, well, not not, not Ibaka. Ibaka was in the, basically, Ibaka uh, was who you got Paul George for. Um, because you traded Ibaka, you got Oladipo. And so essentially, you were you have Perkins, Grant Jarrett, Tibor Place, 2018 first-round pick, Ibaka, Doug McDermott, and a second-rounder for Paul George and Mello. And you do that 100% of the time, every single time, if you are Oklahoma City Thunder. And this is a total, like, if you look at Sam Presti, we, we, did, we did not really, we mentioned him last time for executive, executive of the year, but I really feel as though this move um, – Really, I mean, this has executive of the year written all over it after him pulling this off. Yeah, I have to ask the question: um, How many more wins does this get this team? Like this team was already like we kind of like talked and put them in the four seed, like to just kind of sit there and that's where they'll be. Like, is this a team that can catch up with the Spurs or Rockets now? Like, that's the real question that has to be asked here. I think so. I think that um, it really like. Now I think it's Warriors number one, but then you have this, you know, two, three, and four seeds that are just really a conglomeration. We'll see basically who figures it out first, who maybe doesn't deal with injury um, to any pieces, you know. I just really think these teams now have just, uh, it's really just kind of conglomerated them together, and who knows what will happen. But I really think that um, at least they're, they're the four seed, but they could get all the way up to the two seed, honestly. And I think, I mean, you have a point, especially with with the Thunder. I've, we've talked about it in the past that the West is seemingly more open than it has been in recent years because of power being shifted from teams. And honestly, some teams have been getting weaker in the West. Yes, we're talking about all the all these teams coming coming in, getting players from the East. But a lot of the teams who did get those players from the East were lower teams as far as they weren't some of the high elite teams. And I think that's helping bring more balance. And then you have to look at the other side where the Knicks, even with Carmelo, are we sure they were going to be that good? Because it weren't really last season. So without Carmelo does, and I'm looking at maybe Ethan over here, does this put the Knicks into more rebuild? I know they're already looking into some rebuilding. Is this more rebuilding on the flyer? Like, hey, Porzingis, lead us to the playoffs. I think this is we're just going to be taking our lumps and hope Przingis doesn't want to leave because honestly they have five five players who should be playing center on their roster between Noah, Kyle Quinn, Inez Cantor, Willie Hernan Gomez and honestly if we're being if we think about the NBA 
Kristoff uh, should be a center too. That's where he should be playing. And so there's five guys that need to be getting center minutes that are now in this roster, and you just don't have that many minutes at the one that one position. I, I don't look at the Knicks as having any chance of making the playoffs. I think this does make them worse because on any given night that Carmelo could carry you, you're losing that. But, you know, Carmelo wasn't going to play with chemistry this year. Like, he was he was done with New York and done with the Knicks. So maybe in that small area, if Kristaps can get over the lo- loss of his friend, um, maybe maybe that's the benefit there. Yeah, I, th- I think that uh, what this also opens up is for some experimentation from the coaching position. Like, you can now – you mentioned it. You, you have five centers. Why not play a five-center lineup just for fun? And in doing so, you are, you know, you play people out of position. This is what people, this is what they did back when um, Kevin Durant was first starting out. They played him at the two, and he was not, he was not a two, but they played him there anyways. And you find that when you have young pieces, sometimes coaches will play them out of position because they realize, and eh, they need, maybe need to tank, but they don't want to do it in such an obvious way. But in doing so, you, you, you're experimenting, giving them new experiences, but also you're playing into getting a higher high first-round pick now. Um, I don't know if, that, if we're going to be seeing that from the Knicks, but I think that they are a team that really, partway through, you can say, well, maybe they're going to be tanking. Maybe they're going to be trying to get a high pick and uh, be back. Ethan, what do you think? So here's the thing that I also want to mention is that they're doing the whole death by a thousand cuts thing with these contracts. You got you got Enos Cantor and Noah at these pretty high numbers at $17 million. Not Not death sentences. That's what Goran Dragic makes every year. Um, but then you got T- Tim Hardaway at, you know, his now pretty large salary around 15, hovering around 15, 16 million. So like you're getting to this point where all your veterans are like getting overpaid for what their value is. And your, your youth supply is literally just Christopher Zingas and Hernan Gomez. Like there's not a whole lot of promise in their young players. Frankie. Oh, oh, that's right. I, I, I forgot about him. He, he deserves a mention because we don't know anything about him yet. But my point is, you've got these contracts that when you're going to be looking to extend these rookies, those guys are still on the books for like another year. Enos Cantor expires not this season, but the year after that. But you still got Noah and Hardaway Jr. It's it's, it's a bad situation in New York. And this did not make it a lot better in my eyes. Yeah, I mean, having Joe Kim Noah there is just going to be the worst for four more years. But, you know, I mean – what are you going to do? Three, three more years. My bad. Three, three more years. Uh, but Elkin, do you have any any thoughts about the New York Knicks? I mean, besides us forgetting about the greatest player of our generation, Ron Baker. Um, just kidding, guys. I know he's not the greatest player. One of the things I have been thinking about is, as far as the Knicks, I kind of I kind of saw it just where Carmelo. You know, he's not going to give. He's not going to be as up in production probably as you might have expected, even though Hoodie Mello is taking over the internet. Um, right now, I'm just kind of just thinking, okay, they're rebuilding. But now I'm looking at OKC, and I'm thinking, what is the likelihood that they retain all three players for next year? I mean, Russell Westbrook, I, I don't know if he's holding out to see what the other players are doing. I don't know what's going on, but he still has not signed. Paul George, it seems like he's more committed on staying one year, being that one-year rental and moving on. I know Carmelo still has this year and then the following year he has uh, left in his contract. But if you're OKC, are you just like, hey, let's put our, all our chips in the middle of the table just for this season? Or is this something that, hey, we really believe that we can keep these guys? And that's something I've been trying to figure out. And is this a gamble at all? Or is this me being just too conspiracy? And I know – Ethan likes to talk about sometimes these type of conspiracies. So, Ethan, what do you think? Is this is this happening in a one-year wonder or are we looking for a long run? Yeah, I, I am worried that this team is going to be um, ripped down to the to the studs. Like, there's not going to be anything left of this team in a year because um, Paul George seems to have his eye in L.A. Russell, Russell Westbrook might want to join him out there. You know, he's he's played out there in UCLA, and that's where he's from. And you know, Carmelo's in the friend stage. He's probably he might want to go play down in Houston with Chris Paul, or go wherever LeBron ends up going, and you know, be taking discounts at this point because he's been he's been robbing people the last couple of years. So like, I think when it comes down to it, this team, like, the, almost the most important thing aside from having a really competitive team this coming season is now Sam Presti has an, an, another clean slate to work with, even if everything goes wrong and his best players walk. Yeah, I think that that's what makes this trade, even if 
this year doesn't work out, like he shot a shot. He's hoping that, you know, this home run swing is going to come through. But even if it doesn't, even if they go, they lose in the second round to the Warriors or something like that, even if that were to happen and the worst case scenario happens where uh, Russell Westbrook bolts, uh, you have Carmelo opting out, even though it's a lot of money, but maybe like, I don't want to be stuck here in OKC by myself. Um, I did that in New York for a while. I want to leave. And so let's say he decides to go. Paul George goes to LA. You now, because of the moves you've made, you've cleared your books and you have total flexibility now. You can uh, you can go out and offer lots of money to a free agent if, if you want to. Now, someone's going to want to come there, but now you have the flexibility to begin to start over again, which you wouldn't have had. And, and let's assume that they would have before this trade. Let's assume that Paul George and Russell Westbrook leave. Well, now you still have a couple more years of Enos Cantor's contract, and you have to be paying him a whole lot. You have a lot. I mean, let's say they go back and they don't make this Paul George trade. They have a lot of Oladipo. They just have a lot of bad contracts for a long time, and they become irrelevant. Now, this allows them to reset if they need to. Or let's say that things go well. People like it there. You now have the opportunity to re-sign these people in having the bird rights for uh, some of them allow you to go over the cap if you really need to. And it seems as though maybe the owners of the Oklahoma State Thunder are willing to go there when they weren't when James Harden was on the table. Yeah, and that's something that I'm seeing that I'm kind of I'm kind of like, are they willing to spend more money? Because I know Oklahoma is a city is a smaller market, but I think now they're trying to they're going to finally see, hey, if we want to keep some of this talent and compete, we're going to have to spend more. And I know and I know some people get annoyed with we're bringing back that whole spending more going back to like, Oh, they lost James Harden because of that. But, but that's something we do have to pay attention to. Richard, something else you wanted to bring up too. Yeah. And I think the reason why now they are more willing is you have a whole lot more of influx of TV money. They're, they're making a whole lot more money in the NBA now than they were back when Harden uh, was, uh, you know, what was traded over to Houston and they, they're able to make decisions like this and maybe take a, a, tax hit because of it they have more money more money's coming in even to small market teams because of revenue sharing and all of that yeah i definitely think any team has no excuse to not pay the players if you have a, a championship level team or like you know just the contender aspect of it i think that like every team can be making money i think memphis is the one that has the hardest time to bring in tv revenue but everyone everyone can make money we're doing revenue sharing Build your team and pay your players. Like that's what it needs to do, and that's what it needs to be. Because you know you don't get very many chances to win in the NBA, and being a cheap skate is not a way to lose a franchise. Totally, totally. Um, and for me, when I look at this trade um, on the court, I don't totally know how it all works. I still think defensively, you've got some serious issues if you're Oklahoma City. Like you have Paul George. Um, that's great. He's a good defender, but you know, you with with Carmelo being out there, he can be somewhat of a liability if you're playing Golden State. I want to see how do you guys think? Because really, all of this just comes down to how does this team now match up with Golden State? Do they have an opportunity? And Ethan, how, how do you think that they match up in 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 regards to Golden State? Well, when I look at this team now. They don't have a Kevin Durant stopper because those things don't exist. But they got a Kevin Durant getting the wear. And they have two of them, actually. They have Robertson and they have Paul George. So that's a unique dynamic that not a lot of teams have. Not a lot of teams have two elite defend perimeter defenders, especially for a guy to guard that's seven feet tall. That doesn't happen very much. You look at a Steven Adams, who last time that these teams met in the playoffs was really able to bully around some of the Warriors players. Now, Durant wasn't there, so this does throw in a new dynamic. But – Steven Adams had a really good series, a coming out series, if you will, of like, oh, this guy, he, he, this is what the center of the NBA looks like, you know. And, you know, Russell Westbrook can't play any defense, so we're, we don't really worry about him. Um, Carmel Anthony, I think, is just going to be waiting to get exposed. Like, maybe he, get, like, revitalizes his career, like kind of like Dwayne Wade did when, he, when like, LeBron came to his team, like got all energetic and stuff. But – I don't know what it comes down to, but what I like about this team now is come last shot of the game. I know Paul George hasn't had a history of it, but Westbrook has viable options to throw to. He doesn't have to take 
a double contested pull up. Now he has, you know, a great uh, finisher in, in Carmelo and, you know, Paul George, who should be, but just hasn't done it so far. And I think I'm kind of up, up there with Ethan. Like, yeah, you have improvements to be able to match up with a few of the players. But when I look at it, though, like that's where, for me at least, the worst advantage comes having those four all-NBA caliber players, whereas most teams are able to compile two or three. And that's what we're seeing now in the NBA. They're able to at least get three quality players May not be all NBA, but at least close to all star levels. The Warriors are here with four guys, and that's where their mismatch comes. And that's where, if they keep them, they're going to have an advantage in the NBA. And, and it's going to, it could be a great series, and we'll see how the OKC Thunder mesh this season. But I feel like it's besides it being fun, we're not going to get anywhere. And, and I'm still worrying. I'm still worried about the whole new team. Everyone should get a shot as far as are we going to be passing the ball when we don't need to, or what are we doing? Or is Russell Westbrook just going to be like, hey, this is my team? I don't know what type of Westbrook we're going to get. Are we going to get the Westbrook who's just going to be gun-ho, trying to do triple-double? Probably not. But are we going to get one who's going to be more willing to let teammates take over? And that's something I want to see because if he wants to be okay, if he wants to beat the Golden State Warriors, I feel like he's going to want to probably take over. I can see him still trying to do that. Yeah, yeah. And I think it really comes down to can Billy Donovan really – uh, handle all of these egos now. Can he find an offense that works? Because the your turn, my turn type of offense that they used to run in OKC, um, just it wasn't enough. And and I think that especially with a team like this, with the types of players that you have, uh, with Carmelo being a scorer, Paul George wanting the ball in his hands, and with Russell Westbrook being the guy who just has the ball in his hands the most in the NBA, like. How are these guys offense? How is there going to be enough ball to go around? And I think sometimes we say that, um, like we said that we, people have been saying that about Harden and about CP3, but I think that they're more likely to f- figure it out than this team is. Uh, with all of the offense that they, um, prowess that they have, I feel like this is the team that could struggle the most with that. Now, with the way that they match up with the Warriors, I think they have... Um, I think they have some interesting pieces because really they have seven, yeah, I guess six or seven people that they can that they can throw out there reliably. You have Roberson, uh, you have Patrick Patterson, and then the guys that we've mentioned so far. And if you're depending on who you decide to roll with, Roberson or Patrick Patterson, really will going to determine your style of play. I think if you have Patrick Patterson, you're going to try to be hitting the rebounds a whole lot more, and you're probably going to be more liable defensively but you were going to be liable defensively anyways with some of the guys you have out there. And so um, I think that that is a different thing that they can throw at Golden State that Golden State may not have been able, may not have seen before a team where, where some of their best five could be really good at rebounding and really good at scoring all across the board. But if you throw Roberson out there, then you're really trying to go defense. And um, just, I think you have more pieces to match up against them. Uh, that really make it interesting. You're not forced to do something like Cleveland was last year when like you couldn't play your five best players because you had Love and Thompson out there who really couldn't be on the floor at the same time. Now you kind of have answers for that if you are OKC being able to decide, do I want to play Roberson? Do I want to play Patrick Patterson? Ethan. Another thing is, as much as he's not anything special, Jeremy Grant is a, a 6'9", goofy athlete like he's a he's a great athlete and so like we're, we're talking about in the game scenarios but just in terms of a, the the four quarter grind he's a guy that's going to get minutes against Kevin Durant and just make life hard like we saw in the finals last year that LeBron was the only capable body Richard Jefferson got out there and dragged his corpse around but that's not that's not gonna work it's not the answer like you know at least you know, Jeremy Grant is a young guy who is, has all the athletic tools. He's not he's got a, he's not gonna help you on offense, but he can dunk. So you know what? That can work. So I, I would like to see how this comes out. I really hope we see a real like you know playoff preview come um you know during the regular season because I want these teams to be playing like really hard and have and see something that I can be like, aha, this is maybe where OKC can perhaps put a dent in the the Warriors armor. Yeah, I'm just hoping by the end of the season that offensively Billy Donovan has figured it out so that they don't have that your turn, my turn type of offense. I hope that they really can uh, you know, have something where Melo looks like um, Olympics Melo and 
you have Russell Westbrook and Paul George playing off of each other well offensively, and it's not kind of a ball hawk fest. And so if they can do that, I think that they can be they can make some noise in the playoffs. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what that means as far as like if they can beat the Warriors, but I think that they really make it interesting. I definitely agree with you on that. And I believe now we're ready for the All NBA teams. And Ethan, can you explain to our listeners the format in which we're going to be doing or naming our selections? We have three people. We all have our opinions on who should be on these teams. But Ethan, go ahead and explain to the listeners how we're doing it. All right. So as most of you will know, the the All NBA works like this: you got two backcourt players and then three frontcourt players for each All NBA team. And the like something I think that needs to change with All NBA selections, they just need to get rid of that center spot. Much like in the All Star game, they don't have it. Like I I think it'll be criminal if we don't ever get centers in the All NBA team if that ever happens. But for this for the purposes of this exercise, we're still including center as the position. Now, we will allow some flexibility in what we deem to be a center. You know, players like Anthony Davis, uh, Draymond Green, and like even uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, he's probably not going to make it there, but he played center for the Bucks last year. People people forget that. So just keep that in mind when we go through. So we're also, the other thing we're going to do is we're going to break it down. We're going to talk about our guards, and then we're going to talk about our front court players separately. So I'm going to start with my first All-NBA team selection. I am going with John Wall and Russell Westbrook. They are my point guards, and they are both going to be on first-team All-NBA. Hot takeaway, boys. I, first of all, can't believe you put Russell Westbrook there because, if Ethan, you are a notable hater of Russell Westbrook and all that is him and all that is ball hogginess and hero ball, the universe. Man, I am but- – Man, okay, sorry. I go ahead. I, I'm just like wiping the sweat off my brow from the from the heat of that take there. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, but you know, I'm not even mad at that take. You know why? Because one half of my guard duo matches up with Ethan, which is John Wall as well. I also put John Wall out there. So is it the hottest of take? You know, I'm gonna say it's more of a lukewarm <laughs> lukewarm take right now, Richard. Just lukewarm. But I'm, I'm curious right to hear. Man. I'm curious to hear, Richard, because it seems before I name my other player, my other guard. Why do you think John Wall? It feels like for you, John Wall is the hottest of takes. Why do you think? Yeah, I, well, well, I have. Okay, so for me, you know, John Wall is great. John Wall is a good player, but I just don't see him being like we we have to consider him one of the two best guards in the league by the end of the season in order to put him as one of our two guards for first team NBA and guard is something that we have just tons of players that like, put like we're leaving people like James Harden and Steph Curry, who are my two picks, right? My two picks are Steph Curry and James Harden. We're leaving people like those, those guys off of the list in favor of John Wall. And I know that the East is weak. And so many said so that may be, like at the forefront of our mind. But if you look at the history of NBA, all right, last year, there were only six Eastern Conference players that made all NBA. And so some of us think, oh, well, maybe because the East is weaker, maybe those players are going to shine the forefront. Um, maybe maybe that's our thinking. But LeBron was the only one who made first team all NBA. Everyone else was from the West. And there were like only two people, I think, uh, at second team all NBA, just a couple. And it wasn't and so predominantly, things were favored the West, especially for first and second team. By the time we got on the third team, that's when those people from the East began to make appearances. And so for me, as I look at this, I just can't see John Wall having the type of year where at the end of the year we consider him, you know what, he's the first or second best guard in the NBA. I just can't see that. Well, I think you're wrong. And I personally just think John Wall is going to make a big step this year. I, I've, I've Maybe I'm just buying into the hype. I, I see his interviews. I, I see his tweets and stuff. And I just think this guy is a mad, mad player this year. And he's the kind of guy who has all the physical tools, all the vision and stuff as a point guard. And if he takes the, the Wizards to another level, which I have kind of predicted, like he, that they're going to be right up there with the Celtics. I think the Cavs are still the best team. The best team. But he's going to put those Wizards, and I think if the Celtics and Wizards match up, I think he's going to have himself a series. And I'm telling you, John Wall is going to stack compile, and his team is going to win, and everyone's going to fall in love with that boy in D.C. 
I just I just don't think that at the end because with all NBA we're really considering hey these are the especially at, at certain positions like these are the best that the NBA has to offer and while I think John Wall is good like if you had him at second team I wouldn't be arguing I wouldn't be creating and I wouldn't be having an issue but having him at first team means you are saying that he's one of the two best guards in the league and with the amount of the plethora of guards that we have I just don't see that as being a realistic opportunity. We've not even talked about your Westbrook decision. I have beef with that too, but but I mean, go ahead. <laughs> you don't think John Wall's the best two-way point guard in the NBA, Richard? You don't I do that? not. I do not. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I I know. I know we're going. <laughs> I, okay. So I, I just don't think that um, in the voter in the voters' eyes, and at, when we get to the end of it, that he's the best. He's the best point guard that we have. I don't think he's the best point guard. I don't even think he's one of the top two point guards in the league. We're forgetting that last year Harden was going to be considered a point guard. And, uh, okay, sorry. I'm going too far off. Okay, that's fine. You guys can think that. That's fine. (laughs) Just know that I've got Curry. I've got Harden. I think that these guys are going to be, at the end, we we would consider them the two best guards in the league. That's that's my opinion. Wait, wait. So here's my thing, though. First of all, I have – I actually have Curry and Wall. Those are my two right now. Fair enough. My biggest thing is normally when you have a year in which – and this is why I, did, I couldn't go with Westbrook or I couldn't feel comfortable. When you have a year when you add another player, the voters tend to see that team add another player. So I thought of James Harden getting Chris Paul. I thought of Westbrook getting Paul George. Normally what I've seen before when you have those other players added, sometimes you may not get the same production. The voters might see, oh, their team is better because – of such and such players now been added and that's that's one of the things i see go ahead richard you want to interject i can yeah, see yeah yeah don't don't don't, don't forget that it's not we, we just had an entire discussion they brought in carmelo too and so like with russell westbrook he's having to i mean he's having to give up way way more than just to paul george carmelo's gonna want shots too and so he's not going to be near where he was last year and last year was when he made it up onto first team on the but what if – now, maybe I put him on there because I know I have biases against him. But what if he gets more efficient and do, his numbers don't drop that much? Like, is there an argument to be made there that his numbers are going to be better because he's not going to be hoisting 35-foot three-pointers? Yeah, I think Ethan might have a point. Let's just say Westbrook comes out and his scoring drops to like 26, 27. His assists drop down between 7 or 8. And his rebound stays around eight. I mean, if he's averaging 27, eight and eight, it is feasible. But I'm hesitant about that because I think of what happened with Steph Curry. For me, Steph Curry was still one of the best point guards last year. But what happened? The Kevin Durant effect, people are like, and also too, I mean, James Harden and Westbrook had historical seasons. But still, though, Richard, you need to have more faith in John Wall. Here, when we're looking at it, when we're breaking down, I understand. I understand you said your point. But when we look at it, can I tell you where I have him? Go ahead. I have him a third team. Okay, I have okay, him a third, okay. third team All NBA. Okay, okay. I don't have him. I don't oh even have goodness. him at second. And Ethan, you can't you can't get mad because I can't I can't I can't get in my second. I'm gonna give away too much right now. Save so. it. Save it. I'll we'll save, save it. it. You gotta we'll save it. Angry again. We'll continue oh this again. Yes. Oh All my right. goodness. No. So and that's the thing, man. Richard, this is like scolding high. I have third degree burns right now. Top of take. This is what we're getting at. John Wall. Ugh. Now, my my main reasoning is for John Wall is we talk about who, like, getting, like, the first, like, the top two guards, quote-unquote. But there could be people arguing, like, sometimes it depends what season they have. Because if you look back in the history of All-NBA, I'm sure, like, like, I'm looking back, and at one point you had Kobe Bryant was up there getting All-NBA. But there were times in which you could have said Dwayne Wade was a better two-guard than Kobe Bryant. But sometimes the voters just give it. Okay, Ethan. You you keep that hot take for another minute or another podcast. How's <laughs> at the time? We have too many hot takes in the kitchen right now, and that's why. I'm, and I'm looking at it like you know what? I I can see it. You I can see the production happening. What and for me is what happened if John Wall comes out and then you see a season that he he's already been averaging ten assists. That's a given. John Wall can already pass the ball. What happened if he ups the scoring and he's averaging twenty eight twenty nine? Now he's getting close to like Jim Harden range, and he can play better defense as well. That's first team right there. I don't know what else is. That is first team. Oh, man, it's feeling like first take right now. All of us are Stephen A. Smith right now. 
Oh boy. Well, before before you hurt anyone else, let's go ahead and move on to the forwards, where I think maybe my take might be the hottest. But uh, I'll let you guys go first, Ethan. We're, we're gonna we're gonna move to you, and I don't know. We'll 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 see how it goes here. The listeners can decide who has the hottest take with with our forward pick. Ethan, who are your who are your um two forwards that you have as winning first team all NBA? I don't like that you said yours might be the hottest because now I know we have the same opinion as we usually. Oh do. man! Okay, so we're gonna have a collective it's, hot take. It's it's Kevin Durant and Kawhi Leonard <laughs> because LeBron's yes. not gonna LeBron's not gonna have the season. I don't think, and yes. the voters are gonna are gonna poop on him. And I'm so yes. mad because you know I am probably the most staunch LeBron supporter on this pod, but I'm the one who's saying he's not gonna make first team all NBA. <laughs> Yes. Oh, okay. So I, I, okay. I have that too. Oh my yes. goodness. Okay. I, okay. So we're together. me, Kevin Durant. And, oh, okay. Now uh, here's where I have to disagree on this. They're not one. better. They're not better. But I, I understand the voter. And here's where I think um, mine. Here's my two right now. I have actually James and Leonard. Those are my two right now. And of course, and like by the way, guys, kind of like what Ethan said, like. We're not calling them better, but sometimes it, it has to come down to who's going to have the better season. It's a regular that's season what, award. Yeah, that's what we're looking at. And my my thinking is this, is as much as LeBron's not going to want to, as much as LeBron has gone into playoff LeBron where he chills during the regular season, I think we actually might have to see more production. And my reason is based on the whole thing where he is going to have to pick up more of the slack because Isaiah Thomas being out close to all-star break. And that's one of my main reasons as far as he's going to have to do more of it. And I do know... We have LeBron at another year. He's started the season. He's one year older. Given we've never seen a player with the durability of LeBron ever in NBA history, so we don't know where we're getting. For all we know, LeBron could average 26, 7, and 7, and it still might not be good enough for first team because of what Leonard and Durant can do. And the reason why I left Durant off is because, and I think voters are actually going to give him more, and more votes this year for first team, because I do think he could have gotten first team if he wouldn't have gotten injured. I think there's a chance he could have gotten up there because he was having a really great season with the Warriors before that Wizards game. But for me, I just see what LeBron needs. The East is weaker. He's playing more weaker teams. But then I also feel like it's a double-edged sword that I'm going to fall on because if they're weaker and the Cavaliers can think, hey, we can still rest LeBron and still win these games, which means he's going to take some hits in the voting. Oh, crap. This is not looking good for me. Yeah, well, see, I don't I have no, no problem with your rationale. Like, LeBron James is a great player, and like you're saying, his durability has been unquestioned, but he's been one of the most durable players in NBA history. For me, it just comes to, I think that he knows and believes that as long as he's in the playoffs at the end, he's going to be able to do his thing. And um, and so for me, when I look at Kawhi, first of all, I have Kawhi as MVP. And so I think for sure, if you're winning the MVP, you're going to be in first team all NBA. So if that's, what, that's what I have there. And in Ethan's and my discussion at, at um, for MVP last pod, we said that his main challenge is probably going to be Kevin Durant because, you know, with the narrative that we have going on, that, that this is what tends to decide all NBA and, and MVP, it's the narrative that goes along with it. This can really become uh, his team. And I think that with one more season of chemistry, him and Curry can really push forward. And I think that, uh, I think because of that, him and Kawhi are going to be the two guys there. And I think LeBron is sadly, sadly going to be left off of first team for the first time since like 2006. And so this is, it's been a while since LeBron's been, been, not been on it. And so I, I understand your like reason, want, you just want to put him on. But because of Kawhi and Durant, I think because they're really hitting their primes, they're really hitting the pinnacles. I just think that it's LeBron who takes the hit because he knows regular season doesn't matter as much for him going forward, especially near the end of his career. I don't want to say it. I mean, that's, let me take that back. Let me take those words out of my mouth. Not the end of his career, but as he's getting into maybe this next phase of his career. Yeah. I, I, what it comes down to is LeBron's still the best player in the NBA, in my opinion. I, I It's going to take a lot from someone to, to take that away from him. You know, because when I when I look at LeBron, I I put him in there with Jordan, if not above Jordan. So like I obviously don't think anyone's close to him. But it, 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 it what you said, it comes down to stat compiling and narratives. And Durant and Leonard are going to have the narratives for him. You know, Durant's going through quite a little storm here with uh, some some public public relations. 
if he has a great season, you know, I can see a narrative being formed about, oh, look at him this year. He was he was all mad and sad because he was getting ran across on Twitter and Instagram. But, but he came through and averaged 30 points per game, seven re- seven rebounds and, four, and six assists, and he's all first team on. Like, you know, that's going to happen. So I think LeBron just takes a hit because he's, he's starting to – even though he's still super petty, he's starting to care less and less. Yeah, and I have one – now, maybe you're not going to like this, but I have one maybe way we can work around this. LeBron played some five in the finals. So did Durant. Can we include them as being a center? Because if we can do that, then I have no problem putting LeBron there on the first team. Here's what but I'm going to say, though. Here's what I'm gonna say, I don't Drew. know. I kind of approach the team now because the rules are that it says three front court players. So you can't have three forwards on there. That's how I approach the rules are. That's why I'm – my my center pick is who I picked for for first team when who we discuss. Pick? Who do you I pick? Have, Go ahead. I have I have Greek Freak for my center. What? Wow. Okay. I right. tell you, I'm I'm going there. I'm going. I'm I'm wrong. I'm all in. You guys ready to go? Ready how to go are we gonna Greek. go? How are we gonna go? If if we are allowing yourself to do that, how are you not putting Kevin Durant there at the five then? Because Kevin Durant played some serious five minutes in the finals. If we're gonna it's, be allowing for that to happen, it says for me, I have. For me already, I have Curry already in there. And I know some teams have had two All-NBA, first-team All-NBA players on their team, but I can't see the voters unless both of these guys have ridiculous seasons. I can't see the voters putting both of them in. And I'm going to go with Curry right now, starting over that. I'm sorry. I just prefer, as far as what I see, not just prefer, but what I see is that Durant, he's been all right, but he's still getting a little bit overshadowed. I know he's taking over. It's kind of like, the, the power shift, I don't say power shift, but the star shift in the Golden State Warriors is evident with Kevin Durant kind of being the main player. But I went, I'm sorry, I went with Curry over Kevin Durant, and now we have Giannis as my center. And I'm sticking with that. Can't move me from that position. And, and, and that's fine. Like, I'm and now I'm really kind of happy that I low key said Giannis as a center when I was introducing the concept because now it makes me seem like a, a genius for predicting my my co host's uh, opinions. But my center is uh, Carl Anthony Towns. I think he's just going to take another growth year. He's going to be averaging somewhere between 25, 25, 26 points. He's going to have more than 10 rebounds. We'll see how many he can get. And he's going to get some assists because he's a, he's a very good passer. So, like, that's who I have. Like, to be honest, like, we're going to, I'm going to be sticking with basically, you know, more traditional centers. You know, like one of my guys, you can argue or whatever, but um, they're all, they're all my guys are going to be centers because I'm, I'm sticking with what the NBA precedent is. You know, Andre Drummond made a third team all NBA, you will recall. So, yeah, we got to get those bum, those bums in there, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, well, you know what? We'll we'll, we'll just let that one slide for right now. Um, and you're gonna be upset because I'm gonna throw some heaping coals on you later with with one of my uh, with one of my predictions um, a little bit later in the pot. But for me, uh, the way that I look at this, and and perhaps um, I'm not gonna put LeBron in there as my center. He's gonna he's making second team for me this year, but. Um, with, when I throw my my center out there, I'm throwing out Anthony Davis again because he was the guy who won it last year for center. Now, here's one thing I don't know, though. I don't know how the voters are going to address this because he's not going to be playing center for his own team. It's got He's got him and Boogie there, and Boogie's probably the, the de facto center who would be considered a center on that team. And so I don't know how the voters are going to approach that because – he won it this last year as the center, but this year he may not be. But when I look at Anthony Davis, if he has a healthy season, like this season he was healthy, he made first team All-NBA. He wasn't healthy the season before. He didn't make any of the teams. Season before that, he made first team All-NBA in 2014-15. And so basically it comes down to, do I think he's going to have a healthy season? I hope he does. I think he will. And I think if he does, it puts him there, right there for first team All-NBA center. It just really depends on... Will the voters consider him a center or, uh, you know, again, what are the requirements for someone to make all NBA? Is it just a forward or like, you know, a big man or what, what is it? I mean, it is, it is big man now because he made it as, cause I look, if you look back at it, he did make it as a forward. He made it as a forward back yeah. in 14, back, 15 and, and then 20 and 2017 as well. He's listed as a forward okay. for the all NBA team. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. And it's happened before, even though there's some blurred lines. Cause I've seen a lot of times I kind of see where you're coming from that guy who does make the third forward 
quote unquote big guy is a guy who has some time at center. Because another example I think of um, Tim Duncan in 2012, he was in there as the third or the third quote unquote forward. And one thing I see is looking back, I think he's one of the most recent examples besides him. But we know Tim Duncan played played some center. I know Tiago Splitter was on the team at, around that time, but we know Tim Duncan plays center. That's why I think Anthony Davis can be possible because even if he doesn't play center, right now the league's got more towards that all-star, like let's let's just get a big man, and that big man might be a guy who played power forward and center, not necessarily center exclusively. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'm going to play spoiler here. He's my second team All-NBA center. Um, you know, I don't know if we're ready to transition to that, but yeah, it's my my same thoughts. The only reason I've uh, Conley Towns above him is I think he's going to do more stack compiling, and the the, the steps that they're going to take this season, I think he's going to get recognized for, and I think um I think he'll make a jump there because I think he is already one of the, like if not the best center in the league, he's one of the best just because of his vast array of talents. I don't know if I'd say that he's the best, but for for me, he is my um second team. All NBA center. All right. So I ha- why don't we just go ahead and move move to second all NBA team? All right. Uh, maybe we'll start at center and first since we're just talking about it. Um, you know, I have ooh, actually, hold on. I'm just gonna eat those words. I changed it last minute because I you know what? I'm gonna step back here. I'm gonna step back. <laughs> so maybe do we wanna go back to Let's go for guards. I'm, I'm gonna start with guards, and then, and then we can let's move do that on. again. Let's do so that again. Second team, second team guard. I do start off with Westbrook. Start off with Westbrook. I'm bringing him in. I mean, I feel like he's still got production, but surprisingly enough, whereas I could have gone with James Harden, I actually went with recording artist Damian Lillard. That's what I went for, guy. I know some of you may think Damian Lillard's defense is horrible, but I think he has the ability, I know he has CJ McCollum as a backcourt partner, to actually bring up his game to second team capability. And like I said, I'm not saying he's better than Harden, but I think there's a chance that because Harden still is going to have time to figure out Chris Paul, that could give Lillard a chance to sneak in. Go ahead, Ethan. I see you bringing up your hand. Go ahead. Well, I just want to get Richard's uh, guys in here because I'm going with Harden and Curry. And since I know he already spoiled it and said John Wall's on the third team, you know, you threw in Lillard into the equation. And I think it's clear that, you know, Wall, Westbrook, Curry, and Harden are the top four guards. Now I'm curious who uh, who Richard pulled up here to, to supplant my beloved John Wall. All right, yeah. So, um, well, first of all, I have Westbrook as my my one of my guards for second all-team NBA. But here we go. This one of the shockers for me, making an appearance where he wasn't here last year, Kyrie Irving. The earth is flat, Kyrie Irving. I have him being my second team all NBA because I think it's a narrative-driven thing. I think Boston really takes a takes a leap this year. Um, I think that they're going to figure it out. I think Cleveland's gonna take a step down, and I think Boston's gonna get the number one seed again. And when they do, I think that Kyrie Irving is gonna get a lot of the hype. I think Gordon Hayward's probably gonna take a uh half step back at least for um, being a personality. And I think people are going to consider this Kyrie's team. And when they do, uh, I because of that, I think that that narrative drives it a bit further. And while there's questions about his defense, just like there are with Lillard, just like there are with Harden, I think that for him, in taking this step away from LeBron, being on Boston, being on a team that I think is going to be the number one of the East, I think that it really – puts his name out there uh, for being here. And so I, that's who I have as second uh, team All-NBA. Man. And I'll, it's like I couldn't bring myself to bring him up there yet. I just – and, like, I see the narrative. But for me, right now, I think what's going to happen is I think Lillard is going to find a way to, to sneak himself in there. If he can come out, average 27 points, do what he did, even average more, I can see him sneak him in there. That's why I can't – I couldn't commit to Kyrie yet. But now you had me thinking, no, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to waver. I'm sticking with my Lillard and Westbrook decision. That's what I'm sticking with. And I know Ethan, Ethan said he has his top four with Wall, Curry, Westbrook, and Harden. But for me, it's not that Lillard is better than these guys. It's just a thing about the voting. Sometimes the voters, as you guys mentioned, the voters like the random guy who comes along and just going to have a season that's just going to be just different and better from these guys. And that's just my opinion. They don't even put him in the All Star game. Well, that's a lot. Of, that's a lot of the fans too. Apparently, I don't know why. I'm just saying though. For me, Lillard, I'm putting in a second team. That's my. That is my final. I'm dying 
on that. Call me whoever you want. Call me whatever you want to. I'm sticking with Lillard. Forget your James Harden for now. Yeah, I love him, but I I just don't see it. Like he's he's great. I love him. He's one of the guys who I don't care what pick I get in the two K fantasy draft. I want Damian Lillard or John Wall, one of those two point guards. And and, and don't get me wrong, I I love I love James Harden too. But here's the thing, like here's why I put Lillard up there is because I'm still unsure what to see of this whole James Harden, Chris Paul combination. And I'm always weary when they have two players trying to figure out. Just like I remember. If you go back to where you had Dwayne Wade and LeBron playing, Ethan, you more than anyone know that first season will have given LeBron was going to win first team regardless because he's LeBron James. But LeBron got first and Dwayne Wade got second team that year. Like sometimes something's got to give. And we didn't, and honestly, we didn't even, I don't even think any of us, maybe they do. I don't think any of us have Chris Paul in the all NBA teams right now. That's what it seems like, but who knows? I don't, I don't want to, I don't want, I don't want to kind of put someone's business out there, but those are my guards. I mean, and I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys have for forwards, so. though. Well, <clears throat> so really quick, I have I don't have a problem with either of your guards, uh, like either of the people you have a second team. I guess Ethan, you have John Wall as being first team. Like I don't have a problem with any of those guys in the second, um, like second category. You know, I have Wall being my third team, but if you wanted to put him as second team, that's fine. Um, and Elkin, you want to throw Lillard in there? I don't totally agree with you that he's going to be second team all NBA, but I don't have huge as big a beast because I think that once you get to second and third team, it really, <clears throat> really just goes with who do you who do you who are players you like this upcoming season? And so um, I'm okay with with either with either of those there. Now you want to move on to forwards. We'll move on to forwards. I have LeBron making it my second team, so I didn't leave LeBron off completely. He's my second team forward, and I have Giannis there as well. And um, I think for me having Durant and Leonard as my two forwards for first team, I think I have to go LeBron and Giannis here. I feel like if I don't, I'm doing them a disservice. And I feel like I'm still doing one of them a disservice because I don't have them on first team. And so go ahead. Yeah, I have the exact same two, as you would imagine, because we had the same two in the first All-NBA. You know, we, we really thought we had something with taking LeBron off, but we were, well, once again, group think is a terrible thing. So, um, yeah, we um, I got that. I mean, like, Greeky has a chance to be MVP, so like, he obviously catapulted himself into the first-team discussion. Yeah, we're sorry about that, Giannis, last time. Our bad. Yeah, big big apology there, bud. John Wall, too. We, have, we I should have mentioned him. But Richard forgot. That I don't one. apologize to John Wall. Okay. No, I, I just don't apologize to him because I didn't think he was first team. So. <laughs> that's that's fine and dandy. But John, if you're listening, um, just know that I I believe in you, buddy. So yeah, me and me and Richard got the same for front uh, for the forward. So Elkin, if we were going to talk about this a whole lot more, it's going to be on you, buddy. Tell us who you got. And honestly, you guys can kind of tell by my omission of first team. My my two forwards are Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis. And like I said, you guys can talk about mission. And for me, I explained my reason why, why I chose those other guys for first team, but that's where I stand. I feel like after those forwards that are named, these are two more logical pieces that I have Durant and Davis for me are the next ones up. Who's your center? Anthony Towns, my center. Okay. So at least from, on my end, now now we're on this oh, we're all on the same like me and Elkin are kinda of like on the same page now. He has Lillard up there. You know, I had I had Cat in the first thing and I have Davis as my second team center and he had Giannis first team, moved Davis to power like a, a forward spot. So in my in my opinion, like we're good then, like in terms of uh player player thing. So I'm I'm interested to see what your center is, Richard, to see how you uh, chose to uh, analyze this one. Right, yeah. So I didn't pick Carl Anthony Towns as we now know because of my blunders in the transition from first team to second team. Um, so yeah, I don't have him as my first team center. Who I have as my first team, uh, sorry, not first team, second team center. Who I have as my second team center is Draymond Green. And here's my thinking here. If we're being flexible and allowing, like he's probably the main forward that could be considered a center just because of the way the Warriors, like when the Warriors have their best lineup, he's at center. And I think that Draymond is winning, going to win Defensive Player of the Year. And because of that, because I think that um, the Warriors are going to be phenomenal again this year and Draymond's going to be um, leading that defensive category uh, for, for the NBA this year, I have him as being second-team center. And I see where you're going with Carl Anthony Towns. I don't have a problem with it necessarily. I just think that um, – Draymond needs to be making an, an appearance a little bit higher than Carl Anthony Towns because I think that his team is still going to be better. 
Um, while I do think Colin Towns is going to make a leap, he hasn't made an All-NBA team at all yet. And so for me, I have him as being my third team All-NBA guy um, at center. So I didn't totally leave him off. But I think that Draymond Green, we have to, if we're going to consider Giannis to be a center, if we're going to consider Anthony Davis to be a center, I think Draymond has to get that same consideration. And, and me having him as being Defensive Player of the Year, I think that I'm right in putting him here as second team. Yeah, that's fair, but I just don't like Draymond Green, and I don't think he's very good. So, like, he's good, like, you know, very, very important to the Warriors' success. But I think, like, I don't know, like, all NBA to me sometimes, like, has to tra- like transcend, like, you know, a team's success sometimes because, you know, you, you got to have players to do stuff, you know. And Draymond Green, like, I think if he plays for a, a bum team, he's also a bum. So that's just me. And, I mean, for me, I'm kind of like, I I don't have that much issue with it personally. I would have picked another player, and I'm going to mention where I have Draymond Green on mine, obviously. But one other thing, I don't know. It's an interesting pick, but you have a point. He does he does run a lot. He does he can play five for the Warriors, though. That's one of the things I know he can play five. So, oh oh yeah, he he Go can't ahead. make the All NBA team as a forward. Absolutely not. I will not allow it. Don't, he can make not. it as a center if you want to. You want to parse your words and put him there. He cannot make it as a forward. I will like start a fire somewhere. Well, <laughs> easy there. But yeah, I, I think that I, I agree with you there as well, though, Ethan. Like you can't have because forward is so deep. Like there's so many great small forwards in the league. Like it just the forwards in general. I just feel like you cannot put him in as a forward. I feel like you have to have have, have him in as a center. And for me, he just unlocks that the Warriors potential with with the death lineup when he goes to center. And so for me, because that's the most dangerous lineup in the league and he's a huge part of it, that's why I have him as second team. All right. So let's go ahead. Final one, third team. I'll start off with mine. For my guards, I put I had to include James Harden. I still think he he is an all NBA caliber player. Even Chris Paul there, I still think he's one of the top. 15 players in the NBA. And I also added one of the flat earther. I could I couldn't resist. Kyrie Irving. Kind of like I, I not as high as Richards up to second, but to me I feel like with the impact and the narrative he's going to have in Boston or that he has a chance to have in Boston, I think that could propel him to the All-NBA and for me that is All-NBA third team. What do you let's go Richard. Let me hear your so even though you even though you already you already spoiled one of it, I for us, let's yeah, hear so, the rest. So I have John Wall as my third team uh, guard, and then I also have Lillard. So for me, you we have Lillard and Irving kind of flipped. So I do think that this is um, a year that Lillard breaks through and and is able to kind of catch, you know, catch one of these one of these teams. But I I think that it's third team. I don't think that he's going to make the jump all the way to second team um, just yet. I I feel like. Portland's going to have a similar type of year this year. And so because of that, um, I think they maybe it'll be a little bit better um, if with a, with a full year of Nurkic. But I feel like they're going to have a similar type of year. And if they do, I just don't see Lillard making that huge jump um, to second team All-NBA. I think that he will make it, you know, just but just barely, like the last guard that's picked. And so that that's where I have uh him as, as those are my two guards i have damian lord and chris paul oh chris paul so as as much as i railed against <laughs> elkins damian lord picking team two i think team three is the perfect spot for him i go. really do i do I, I think it's a sham that he hasn't made the all-star teams out there um popularity contests and whatnot um, but I, I got to appeal to my uh, my Portland following, as this is where I, I live now. I got to get them behind me. So Damian Lillard is going to have a great year. Um, you know, he probably won't still won't play any defense, but he's going to be carrying this Blazers team. Hopefully, McCollum has a, continues to take strides, and Nurkic can uh, control a little bit of their uh, their their them at the center position. But I see him as taking another statistical jump. Um, he's going to be great. And I know Chris. So we've already talked about him quite a bit. What I want to do is talk about Chris Paul, and I think the transition that the the Rockets are going to make and being a better defensive team is going to be get attributed a lot to Chris Paul, and I think that's a narrative that's going to come out this season. I think the, the the Rockets are going to be a lot better at defense this year, and while we might overlook a P.J. Tucker and a Luke Bahamute, 
the narrative is going to go with Chris Paul, and he's still going to get twenty. He's going to get eighteen or something like that points. He's going to have a lot more assists, I think. And I think he could go all the way up to fourteen assists a game. I would not honestly be surprised. For me, I just don't see. I just don't see him getting the number of votes. He's this past year. He didn't make it. He made second team the year before that. Um, yeah, but he's he's always dealing with with, with injuries, like you know, little like injuries that just nag at him throughout the season. So I just I just don't see him doing it. But I think it's fair. Basically, we have um, Isaiah Thomas and Demar Derozan not on this year, and we we've picked because they were they were guys that made it last year, and yeah. we've just supplanted them. For me, Kyrie Irving, Lillard, um, same thing for Elkin. You just have Lillard and Chris Paul jumping in there instead, and so I'm fine with that. Um, whatever. I, I worry that DeRozan will make it again, though, because he's going to put up crazy point stats again. And the, the people fall in love with that. So I worry he's going to make it because there's no reason he should have made it last year. I wonder I wonder if we're going to see a little bit of Kyle Lowry backlash because there are people who are out there campaigning. like It's like the, the deep dregs of Twitter who are saying, you know, Kyle Lowry is – uh, a much better point guard than, and they'll be listing off, you know, people like Lillard, people like Kyrie Irving and people, they want to see him. He's just not quite as flashy as the rest of the guys, but he is, a, he is a defensive presence at the point guard position. Uh, but for me, I just think that because a lot of these things are pretty narrative driven, um, I just don't know if either of those guys from Toronto get the votes this year. And so that's why I left them both off. But I think more this year, I think if one of those Toronto guys is going to be making a push, I think that, you can see Lowry being the guy over DeRozan. But, Ron Dragic and Mike Conley Jr. are better than Kyle Lowry at this point in his career. By the way, we should bring up at this point, we just finished our guards, and it is a sham. It is a travesty and a mockery of this podcast that Dion Waiters is not mentioned in any of these teams. I was going to point that out, guys, before we continue this podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to backtrack now, and he, he kicks CP3 off the team. That, that, <laughs> that's where he goes. Well, there I don't know. That, that's I don't know if like I it. He's first team All NBA for our quotes at the end of the at the end of the show. Uh, that, that's so. where he makes it for me. We hope so. We got to get more of him. Dion, yep. say some more crazy stuff, buddy. We need it. Oh, definitely, definitely. All right. So for my forwards, I put Draymond Green down in third team. I still feel like he is All NBA. But for my other forward, you guys might not like this choice. I went with Blake Griffin. Whoa! As, as my other. As my other pick, and, and here's why. Here's why. Here's why. I'm thinking. I know he he went through injuries, punched some trainers the last couple of years or so, but I think now the team is more his. If he can stay healthy, keep under control. I know he's not as explosive. One thing we kind of, I think most of us notice is he's not the same explosive player. I think he's going to have more of a, a bigger role, definitely not just giving points, rebounds, but also distributing the basketball. And I think it wouldn't be out of the ordinary. I wouldn't be it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility if he got like a 22 9 and like four or five. Just average something like that. For me, that's good enough for third team if he stays healthy. But here's here's my thing with him. Like, even if he because here's the thing, he's probably gonna be out until somewhere somewhere near December. And I think the voters frown upon like if you're not playing for the majority of the year, like most like 80% of the year, I feel like they knock you there. And so I think he could put up those numbers, but maybe do it for like 55 games. And I just feel like Voters aren't going to want to put that forward for Blake oh, Griffin there. I know it's possible, but how many games did Kevin Durant play? I know, I know Kevin Durant, obviously the injury, his, the all-NBA status last season and all that stuff, but I think the voters still have it in mind. Even if you miss some games, as long as it's not – I think if you play close between 55 to 60 games and you have a great season, voters have to consider you, especially right. if the Clippers make it to the playoffs, which I know we talked about them as being a very, very fringe team, but if they do make it, I'm just saying for my for me it's a possibility and that's what I have there. See, I don't have e- well, I have Draymond at center for second team, but I Hayward and Butler, two two guys that have moved to um to different squads this year, but I think are going to be playing a really big role, especially Jimmy Butler. Uh he's gonna be the leader there over in uh over in Minnesota. And I think that if you're projecting Carl Anthony Towns to have a big leap. I think that um, in order for him to make it on, they have to have a really good year. And I think in order for them to have a really good year, it can't just be Carl Anthony Towns. It's got to be Jimmy Butler as well. And so I think that he makes it as my forward. Uh, and I think that um, here's where I mentioned before, some of the Eastern Conference will begin to make it um, in at least in 
in the history. They were going to make it more into the third uh, third team NBA. So I have Hayward making it here um, just barely. He barely missed out last year, but I think that he barely makes it this year as um, a forward because I think that he's able to expand his role a little bit as well in Boston. Yeah, Hayward's a guy that I think I just overlooked because I don't know. Like I think I'm underrating the fact that he played in Quinn Snyder's offense last year, and all his stats are def- like were deflated. Mm-hmm. Um, I had it as Butler and Paul George, but I'm kind of I'm kind of leaning Hayward instead of George now because of that. I'm like, yeah, there's going to be a narrative with with Hayward, and he's going to be a white guy in Boston, so that's going to be a big deal. <laughs> like we got all the all the things that point towards all NBA team. And I, I kind of think you're right there, Richard. I think Hayward nudges uh, nudges Paul George off there. But Elkin, you, I told you, don't put Draymond Green in the forward spot. I told you that a segment ago. I couldn't help myself, Ethan. I I really couldn't help myself. But for me, he had for me he contributes so much. I know you say he'll be a bum if he's on any other team. One thing I will say about the whole Paul George thing, I also think the whole Carmelo thing is also going to because Russell Westbrook's not giving up most of his stuff. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. Probably going to be Carmelo's going to have to give up. But I think Paul George is going to be dipping a lot lower. And I, with the Hayward choice, I'm honestly not that mad because I'm looking at my team. And really, my team is only composed of two guys from the East. That's it. Like my, my all-NBA teams out of the 15, I only have two. I don't know how for you guys how it looks, but I can see the Hayward choice, especially with the disparity that we have between players in the West and East. I can see him actually getting in there. You got LeBron, Greeky, and Wall. So um, yeah, you, you should have more oh, than sorry, two. Sorry, my bad, my bad. Sorry, my bad, my bad. I have, <laughs> I have four. I have four. I was, I know, but still, with me, with the disparity, I still see it like Gordon Hayward does have a chance. And I mean, with the points that Isaiah Thomas had, I know Kyrie's gonna get his points, and then we have, um, we have Al Horford. But I can see Hayward, new system, Brad, Brad Stevens, 23, 24 points. I can see that happening. Yeah, I think he has a surge forward. And uh, so let's go to our, let's go to our last one, our, our last position, center for third team All NBA. Here's where I have Carl Anthony Towns. I do have him making it along with uh, along with Butler. I don't have him as high as you guys just because I don't think that I can I can really put him there. Um, the only way that I really could put him as high as you guys are is if I were not allowed to have Draymond Green be, be center. Then I'd have to go ahead and put Carl Anthony Towns up to second team. And uh, Draymond, if, if I can't have him as center, then he's out. I have Hassan Whiteside making an appearance for third team on NBA center. I know that'd make you happy. In the Andre Drummond memorial spot. Exactly, exactly. But I, I, I don't have that because I have Dream. You guys allowed you guys allowed me to have Draymond Green as my second team center. So you should you should have been harder on me, Ethan, and you would have seen Hassan Whiteside make it. You know, see, I wanted to make a joke that I was going to put him in here, you know, and then let let the let the the huge following we have erupt with with uh, anger towards me. But I actually have Nikolai Jokic going to make Whoa. it. Oh, makes the Denver fans happy. The, the way that uh, the way yeah, that Jokic yes, celebrates, yes. I'm worried that he he might have the same pick as me. I have I have the same pick. Good. I, I was thinking what? group think is terrible. We need to stop. It. <laughs> we're, we're breaking up the band, guys. But anyway, okay. <laughs> Nikolai Jokic is going to. Have a lot of assists. He's going to rebound. He's not going to play any defense. They're going to have a fun offensive system. He's going to score points too. I just think it's like a like, you know we, we talked about the bounce between narrative and production, and I think he's going to have both. I think the Nuggets take a big leap with adding by adding Paul Millsap. But Paul Millsap's going to be more of like a defensive stopper for them, more so than an offensive contributor. And I just think this is like, with a bunch of those young guys. Jokic is going to be the one controlling the system. He is a center. We need a center. I like us on my side. I've, I've, I've said that he had a chance to be defensive player of the year if he, like, led the league in rebounds and, and also gets above three and a half blocks like he did in 2015. So that's my one shining, like, glimmer of hope for Hassan to make it onto this list. But my pick would be Jokic. Fair enough. I think that that's uh, reasonable. I think that with narrative, like, he's a guy that the media is, like, either all in on or they hate. And I feel like there's enough people that are all in on Jokic that um, – not not that they hate him, but they think he's overrated from the other media. But I think there's enough of that media presence that really likes him that really would put him in a prime position to get that third all um, all NBA team center. So yeah. I, think that, I think that's fair. Definitely, and that's and that's why I pick Jokic. It was more outside of groupthink. I I kind of see it as I know he's just been he's honestly been improving virtually every year. Just like we talk about players improving, Jokic has been the same thing, and he's figured out the NBA. 
a lot better than players of his age. And it's not just like scoring wise, but the way how he thinks the game and distributes like that for me means a lot. And I think Paul Millsap is going to help him out even more to stretch the floor because I think I've, I haven't looked at the numbers. So this one thing I'll put out, but a lot of the times Jokic had to play with a guy like Ken Fareed, who for me, I felt like clogged up the lane, clogged up the area where Jokic worked that foul line area down where now you have Paul Millsap to stretch it out. I think it's going to give him more mobility, not to just score, but to also create plays. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets on third team, kind of like you said, Richard, like the media kind of has him as media darling. I've actually heard like most media people say that, oh, look at Jokic. Is he a superstar in the making? And some already I've heard gone as far as saying he's a superstar in the making already. I'm not going to go that far yet, but he is a good NBA player. Yeah, I think that the narrative has really pushed his name out there, but then there's people who are like trying to like not go too far. And so because of that, there's some backlash and they're trying to reel it in as he, I see Ethan making a, making a real signal <laughs> in the video here. And so they're really trying to, yeah, I think that there is enough of that media presence. And I think that that's a fair, it's a fair pick by both of you. I'm sad that I didn't have it. Sorry. Sorry, Denver. Uh, it's okay. It's it's best that we don't literally agree on every single thing, Richard. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. Well, one thing we can agree on is uh, how great of a quote our quote of the week is. Stop everything. Stop uh, everything. Oh, what? You're I, not ready for it? I, I'm not ready for it. I, 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 I would be remiss if we didn't just say, Rudy <laughs> oh, man. I, Rudy Gobert, I'm sorry we couldn't get you on the team. I don't think the Jazz are going to win enough games for you. You are the stifled tower. You are just as good as Hassan Whiteside. I just wor- like I worry about your narrative, buddy. You are going to be fine. You are a great defensive center. Don't stop being a great defensive center. And Boogie, if you get your head on straight, you can make this team. You're still the most talented center in the league. That's all. That's fair enough. That's fair that's enough. It? You know, that's fair that's enough. It. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I didn't realize we were cutting it all off, and I just, <laughs> I had to get that out there that we there's two guys specifically that need mention on this list because they are quality enough to be on it, but. One has a, has mental problems in terms of playing the game correctly all the time, and the other guy just his team fell apart. I, I just didn't want to not mention those guys. No worries, man. No worries. I think both Rich and I we kind of agree with those are guys that take take into consideration. Now, I believe Richard though, you got someone to bring us on home. Go ahead and uh, let us know who's bringing our quote this week. Because we've been talking about All NBA, some of your favorite players may have been on All NBA. Well, one of our favorite quotes of the week is Michael Beasley. Here's what he said. I'm your favorite player's favorite player. It's not enough for me, for me, for him to know that. I want the world to know that.